Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So you're excited about who's going to play this halftime at the Super Bowl this year. They've already announced that. Uh, I could not give less of a poo. Oh, I misunderstood you. I thought you said you were very (laughs) excited. Well, as we've discussed, you can see any band you like on YouTube this minute for like the next six hours. It's the first Super Bowl to be held in Los Angeles. Because L.A.'s got teams now. Oh, okay. Well, you know, star fine place to visit. Plenty of hotel rooms. Star-studded halftime show. The fitting of Hollywood. This sounds pretty cool, actually. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. Wow, old Dre school and rap, Snoop and plenty. Eminem. Oh, yeah, that's going to be cool, huh? I like it. Man. I will check that out. Good. Go ahead. I'll watch each of them for four hours right after the show. <laughs> the very idea of the Super Bowl show is, is anachronistic. It's silly. It's old. Oh, yeah. you got to have a duel, you know? You get a couple of, uh, I don't know, death row convicts. Uh, well, you got death row records. I like the idea of a couple <laughs> of 60-year-old rappers. Yes. <laughs> Gesticulating at the crowd and grabbing their crotches. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, super. Can't wait for it. Anyway, uh, so our theme this segment, crime. Crime on the streets. The first thing, we just got uh, uh, this sent to us by an alert listener. Uh, who found it on the Reddit. This is a man confronting about half a dozen people, maybe four to six people, who have armloads of goods from the Target that they have walked out to their minivan and are driving away with. Uh, none of it paid for. They just stole it out of Portland. So the great California decriminalizing crime uh, experiment is continuing. And here is this guy who is either brave, foolish, or yeah, I don't I, know what, I'm, confronting I'm, the people. I'm not jumping into that. Yeah, but uh, go ahead. Clip 14, Michael. What's up, man? Y'all stealing? Y'all stealing? You know, you? Me? Yeah. No, man. I didn't walk out with a car full of shit. Who did? These guys did. Look at all this. Y'all need 10 of them sweaters? In, ca- in case one don't fit, right? Are you stealing? Are you security or something? No. What's that? What's the problem? This is the kind of community I don't want to live in, man. People taking out of the store. I know that they stole it. Because I just watched them take eight of those sweaters off the rack and walk straight out. I don't know about that. You know nothing about that? I'm telling you what I saw. Wow. Welcome to Portland, right? How many How many sweaters you got? I don't think you wear like 10 of those at once, man. I think you can only put on one like a normal person. <laughs> oh, your door's not closed all the way. Hey, you, you dropped a jacket and some flip-flops. You want to take those too? Oh, don't run it over. Okay. <laughs> and then he tells him, hey, you better turn on your headlights. Be safe now. <laughs> you know, I like his argument of like, this is where I live. I don't want to live in a neighborhood like this. But, uh, you know, I'm not, not sure confronting criminals like that is your best bet, depending on your... Age, size, and uh, whether you're with your kids or not. But, um, yeah, they might have been armed. Having seen the video, they look to be, you know, 30s, 40s, 50-year-old uh, people. Look to uh, The criminals. Look to me like, or sounds to me like, uh, they didn't want to get into it because I don't want to, like, draw law enforcement here. 
I was able to just walk out of the store with all the stuff. I'm just going to get my car in line. I like him saying, what do you care? Well, and I like the guy's answer. Not He doesn't want to live in a town like that. He doesn't want to live in a society like that because yeah. he knows where it leads. So uh, I have this story here. That's just... so crazy that nobody from the store is confronting him. Oh, absolutely not. Here's a story. Uh, multiple shoppers in California seen brazenly stealing from a Marshall's location as the crime continues to rise in the state. People shopping there kind of just stand and watching. The only thing I figured I could do is get their identities and their license plates, give them to somebody who'll do something with them, said a resident. One man strolled out of the store with arms full of clothing, etc., etc. Another woman, blah, blah, blah. What is this teaching our children? I don't want my kids to see that kind of stuff when we're going shopping at 7 o'clock in the evening. Citizens have to do something. We need to be standing up for ourselves because nobody else is doing it right now. And they mentioned in the story how Marshalls has told their employees, um, do not physically confront anybody. Don't just don't do anything, which is a hell of a thing. Uh, moving along, new San Francisco legislation would have deputies as security in retail stores amid rampant organized theft. <clears throat> Where this uh, fits in the liability framework, I don't know. But uh, legislation being proposed in San Francisco that would allow deputy sheriffs to work as added security at retail stores throughout the city. Currently, police officers that are the only ones allowed to work overtime at these establishments, but they need more cops in stores because theft is so rampant. Um, blah, blah, blah. And that is a liberal, liberal city. And then finally this. Uh, not only is policy responsible for this sort of stuff, but COVID and the response to it is uh, really hurting the effort to not have communities riddled with crime. COVID-19, Axios did some great reporting on this. COVID-19 has caused backlogs in criminal cases across the U.S. to swell, forcing district attorneys to focus on the most violent offenses and decline, delay, or deal down a slew of other cases. Says Billy West, president of the National District Attorneys Association, for the prosecution, the older a case gets, the tougher it gets to prove in a lot of cases. So, for instance, prosecutors in Chicago pleading out or dismissing cases to help shrink the court's backlog in Oakland, where they've had to let a a school out for uh, several days because they have a flea infestation. Third world America. That's old timey. Yeah, I'd say. Anyway, in Oakland, California, they've had to dismiss old cases amid an uptick in violent crime. That's something. So if you committed a violent crime or a bunch of crimes a while back, sorry, we we can't try you. Because we have so many new violent crimes, we're just going to let you go. Crazy. Uh, The number of criminal cases pending before courts in Harris County, Texas, home to Houston, rests at more than 94,000. The Houston wow. Chronicle reports it would take judges a year or more to clear the dockets if they worked constantly to do so. Number of violent crimes in the U.S. rose by 5.6% in 2020, according to FBI figures. Estimated number of aggravated assaults up over 12%. Murder and non-negligent manslaughter up 30%, Ooh. as we've discussed, the highest single-year spike in U.S. murders in at least six decades. Spencer Merriweather, the delightfully named DA in Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, home of Charlotte, said, quote, without a substantial change, we're facing the very real possibility that it could take more than three years before some violent crimes make their way to trial and even longer for homicide cases. Even longer. Wow, that's crazy. What about a speedy trial or whatever's in the Constitution? You know, that's a good point from the uh, point of view of the defendant. 
Courts in many parts of the country were closed for part of last year, and virtual hearings didn't make up for the lost time. Uh, New Mexico Auditor Brian Colon, who's running for state attorney general in 2020, tells Axios that some experts believe the backlog actually contributed to recent jumps in crime. Yeah, if folks are not being responsible for crimes they commit and there are no consequences, you're going to have an increase in activity. Boy, that's that's a guy with an advanced degree in criminology (laughs) there. That is something else. Yeah. So, wow, 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 wow. Turning into a third world country. Speaking of the courtroom, Alex Jones was just found liable in two Sandy Hook cases. You know, the talk show host Alex Jones, conspiracy theorist called by some, claimed that the Sandy Hook school shootings, which is one of the worst things that's ever happened in my lifetime, uh, was all faked up by the government or whatever he was claiming. Yeah, exactly. False flag operation. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, part of his, and, and so he lost those cases. What was he being sued for? Doing damages or? Uh... Yeah, he in in giving air to that stuff, and at one point promoting it. He later said, "I shouldn't have done that. I don't believe that stuff. It's sick." Well, he actually um, says that the reason he said it. This is what he said in his sworn deposition in the case. That he said the shooting was real, and me claiming that it wasn't was a form of psychosis. Wow. That's why I did it. Yeah, some of the... uh, No, you were putting on a show that has made you a gazillionaire. Yeah. That's why you did it, not psychosis. Well, and the folks that he inflamed uh, made life even more miserable for a lot of the victims, a lot of the families of these poor little children who were slaughtered. They would pound on the doors. They would yell at them in the streets. Right, 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 right. right. I mean, as sick a thing as I can imagine. Yeah. And part of Alex Jones' defense was also that um, I say ridiculous stuff all the time. It's the entertainment. It shouldn't be taken seriously. I uh, got some COVID stuff we got to talk about. Should they treat people that don't get the vaccine? The Cato Institute and, and came out and argued for that. So oh, and I almost always agree with the Cato, and maybe I do here. I don't know. Smarter person will have to argue with me. But um, we'll get to that this hour. Also, you mentioned Charlotte, North Carolina. A priest, a nun, and Mick Jagger walk into a bar. That story is one-third true. <laughs> the way that turned out is kind of funny. Among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So a priest, a nun, and Mick Jagger walk into a bar. We'll get to that story in just a little bit. This could be a big deal. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, will make a major announcement. Well, this is almost guaranteed what this is. Their tease from the office of the governor of California is Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, will make a major announcement and highlight California's ongoing work to protect students and school staff who've returned to full in-person instructions this year at 10 a.m. West Coast time. That's almost guaranteed to be the nation's first statewide mandate for kids to get vaccinated if they want to be in public school. 
Wow. At a time when California's got the lowest caseload in the entire country of all 50 states. California's got the least COVID. They're doing way with mask mandates indoors all over the place because the COVID's so low. And you're going to make it mandatory that your kid gets vaccinated to be in school. Kids are at virtually no oh, risk yeah. from and, the COVID, yeah, to state the obvious. Not to mention that part of it. Yeah. That practically no kids have died in the entire country in a year and a half from this thing. Intend not to spread it. So, wow. What's driving that? There is something very strange going on psychologically. I mentioned I was at a park yesterday and I saw a soccer practice with with what looked to be like five or six-year-olds. I mean, little kids. And all these kids were wearing masks outside on the soccer field. All the parents, all the coaches. And I'm like, what is going on here? Because I was just at a town eight miles away where I was in a store and my son and I walked in in masks because in our county you have to wear masks. Walked in and nobody had masks on and the owners didn't. I was like, cool. Defying the orders, fine with me. And we shoved our masks in our pocket. But like eight miles apart, just yeah. completely different view. The COVID's the same. So I'm just interested in the psychology of this. Yeah, and it is it is uh, troubling and probably a little complicated, but as I've said, it's like putting a garlic around your neck to ward off vampires or driving a nail in your door to stop evil spirits or something like that. It is now utterly unscientific, you know, superstition or virtue signaling or tribal something or other. Wow. But what it what it is not is the least bit tied to to science and epidemiology. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Um yeah, I I don't don't know what the reactions are going to be. I gotta believe a statewide mandate like the, the place I live. You know, like like I just said, they're wearing, making five year olds wear masks outdoors, so they'll probably be go right on. We'll go get our shots right away. It's important to keep everybody as safe as possible. But there's a lot of areas in California where I think you're going to have half the students not going to school. Yes, absolutely correct. Yeah, including the part of the world, uh, you know that our kids went to school in. They're not going to love it. Um, Northern, eastern California, the rural, the more mountainous parts of California that are deep, deep red, oh, there's going to be nutso disputes and or just a complete abandonment of public schools. Oh, you know, I got a couple of things I want to get to, but somewhere in here I have in my stack of stuff uh, some really interesting information. There it is. This is worth mentioning. Gavin Mussolini is involved here and and it could be if you're in a blue state this is going on uh, where you are too um the summary of it oh the 2021 state budget approved at the end of june 2020 governor newsom and the state legislature created created a deal with special interests in which they agreed to freeze funding for public schools at prior year funding levels public schools both district and charter had grown enrollment because of successful programs were not paid by the state to support the additional enrollment of the kids schools that lost students and experienced declining enrollment however received no reduction in funding so growing charter schools that are not under the whip of the unions where all the parents flocked to that brought their kids and private schools and such um the state found a way to not give them any funding and make sure that the teachers union run schools continued to to reap the riches of the taxpayers nice so i got a question for you around this mick jagger story so mick jagger went to a bar last night in charlotte north carolina he just walked into a bar by himself 10 o'clock at night, had a couple of beers and left, and nobody recognized him, which is kind of interesting 
because in, unless he was like wearing a Nixon mask or something, I'm sure I would recognize Mick Jagger, even with a hat on. Yeah. Um. How do we know he was in the bar if nobody recognized him? Because he tweeted out later, out and about last night in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a picture uh, and said he went to the Thirsty Beaver. And then, so, which is the name of the bar, uh, which is kind of a famous dive bar in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, and so everybody's been ribbing the bartender for not recognizing that you served Mick Jagger a beer uh, while he was there. And it turns out the owners are like giant Stones fans and are going to the concert or went to the concert that's going to happen in Charlotte. They wow. weren't there at the time, so they're horrified. Wow. But here's my question to you. If, you. if you see Mick Jagger sitting at the bar, nobody's talking to him. He's just sitting there, probably staring at the TV or at his phone. Um do you walk up and say something to him? And if so, what? And if so, why? <laughs> I tend not to um, have a lot of interest in meeting celebrities, including some of my musical uh, heroes, just because I don't want to be obnoxious fan. Um, you know, if I know I have something common in them, common with them, there are a couple that I might bring it up to. Mick, I would have to say hello to Mick. What would you say? I'd say, Mick, there's a line in Tumbling Dice that everybody says is, I'm the rank outsider, but I don't think that's right. Have you got satisfaction? (laughs) (laughs) Have you found satisfaction? Next thing you know, you're in a bar fight with an 80-year-old Mick Jagger rolling around on the floor. I'm going to kill you! (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Is the libertarian view that I shouldn't have to pay your hospital bill if you chose not to get vaccinated? I'm not sure that that's right. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that here in a second. This just in, this um, Jayapal woman, is that how you say her name? She's the chair of the Progressive Caucus. I saw her on TV all day long, but I keep seeing her name in print, and I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the gal you're talking about. She announced for the Progressive Caucus, they're the ones that have held up this $1.5 trillion infrastructure thing from being voted on all week long. She said they want the Senate to vote on the $3.5 trillion one before they vote on the $1.5 trillion one. They're committed to that. She just announced that. So... It ain't happening. It ain't going to wow. happen, Cap'n. Okay, I don't good. think you're getting either one of them, which is fine with me. That's good news for America. But So I wouldn't expect either one of them to happen today. Yeah, yeah, terrific. Or anytime soon, actually. Yeah, I tell you what, the left of the Democratic Party is so freaking far left. It's crazy. Anyway, got a note uh, yesterday from John in Montana, Air Force contractor. Uh, hates vaccine mandates. Not going to get the vaccine. It wasn't exactly clear to me what percentage of his reasoning was resentment of the uh, mandate and what was the actual concern about the vaccine. I think he may have had COVID, too. But at any rate, he's not going to get it, and he's willing to lose his job and lose his house over it. And, you know, I respectfully said I, I wouldn't make that decision, partly because I'm not very worried about the vaccine. I understand his indignation. Um, and then we I, got this. I would never make that decision either, but I don't mind if somebody else does. No. No, and I'm not going to condemn you. You f- you figure it out for yourself. Uh, we got this note from Al Anonymous in San Diego who wanted to comment. He, he admits uh, admiration for John. Um, 
John will forgo the vaccine, and heaven forbid if he gets the vid, might get progressively short of breath until he calls for an ambulance in the dead of night to be rushed to the hospital where he will expect the full facilities to help him. He may get progressively worse, requiring more and more drastic life support efforts and require more staff and more resources. I would interject, making them unavailable for other people who are ill for other reasons. Uh, His last month or so of life will be in a drug-induced coma and isolation from his family with the instructions that everything must be done to keep him alive until even his family sees that the John they know is lost forever. The bill for his defiant choice will have to be borne by his family and by the community. This is all an extreme case and not the big picture. I agree. But I'm in the healthcare field and all the patients I've had in the last six months have been unvaccinated and all of them have come to the hospital expecting everything to be done to keep them alive. They proudly stand up against the tyranny of vaccine mandates, but expect the full resources of the community to save them from their choice, which he calls, this correspondent calls rash. And then suggest if you're going to stand up for your right not to get vaccinated, uh, follow it to the end. Because um, those of us who have to come to your rescue, we made our choice as well. I'm more convinced I don't agree with that at all. Um, I was in the ER for 24 hours a week or so ago. Uh, more than half the people in there, because you could figure out over time why they were in there. More than half the people in there were in there for unwise choices. Why am I paying for any of that stuff? That's just what we do. It's what we've always done. But anyway, let me read from the Cato thing, and then we can have the argument. Sure. So okay. Cato tweeted out, they're the great libertarian think tank. Uh, They tweeted out, the decision to be inoculated or not is a personal one, but society should not subsidize the decision to remain unvaccinated. Now, I found that because Tim Sandifer, our favorite libertarian thinker and lawyer, uh, retweeted that, and uh, it included a thought, libertarians believe other people shouldn't be taxed to subsidize their personal choices of others. I responded responded to it with this, and I still don't, don't know what all the answers are. My honest question, how about smokers when they get sick? They chose to do something universally considered unhealthy. Or people who eat fast food or drink too much, spend too much time in the sun and get cancer. Rock climbers, skateboarders, where does it end? And what is the answer to that? Well, you know, the one argument that somebody might offer, and, and I'm I'm still thinking a lot about this topic. I haven't really arrived at anything like a firm conclusion. Um, they would say rock climbers have never and will never make it impossible for a heart attack victim to get treated at his local hospital and have to drive 40 miles. Yeah, you're using that angle, and I get it, in some, but that's happening very rarely. That's very rarely with the hospitals are overflowed. It hasn't happened anywhere around me yet. No, where nope. that's a problem at all. Where it I, happens, it's a disaster, but it is and, a pretty limited and from what phenomenon. I, and from what I can see from Cato and a whole bunch of other people in the article that was in the Washington Post recently, that wasn't their argument at all. Just in general, flat out, we shouldn't be paying for people who are unvaccinated's gazillion dollar health bill if they show mm-hmm. up. So where are you on that? Wow. Um, I'll go through some of the texts if you want to think about it. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, this is the trap of socialism. Once we all decide we are responsible for each other's bills and therefore can regulate each other's behavior, you know, where does it end? Where's the appropriate uh, line? That's one of the reasons I always hated the helmet mandate uh, uh, for riding a motorcycle. And the argument was always, well, if you crack your head without a helmet on, it's going to cost us a lot, which is not documentably true anyway, because... A lot more people die in motorcycle wrecks 
without a helmet, so they don't cost you anything. And my um, head's not worth a damn anyway, so you got that. But my thought was always as a motorcycle rider, okay, so you're going to make me wear a helmet, but that guy can do, you know, stay in the sun, eat fast food, drink all day long, have a heart attack, we pay for him. So what the hell's the difference? Um, we got a whole bunch of texts on this. I'm in the healthcare industry. And the question you posed is exactly the same question we are all asking. Obesity leads to diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, heart attacks, etc. If the government is so hell-bent on saving the American people, they need to start there. There are likely more patients in my hospital with these issues than COVID right now. I'm sure Mm -hmm. that's true of most hospitals. Well, and it's true year after year after year, too. Yeah. Um, uh, people brought up this idea, uh, people on a drug overdose. We regularly rush people into the hospital, OD'd on drugs that day, and do everything we can to save their lives. Um, the other, the pushback on the other side, diabetes, smoking, cancer, etc. is not contagious. I can't catch cancer from you, but I can catch COVID from you, making it different. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that fits in with the why we should pay for it or not. That's an argument for making you get the vaccine. Um, I guess the, the so you're going to make people get the vaccine with the penalty of we won't pay for your health care if you get sick. Maybe that's it. Right. Well, and insurance companies, which are really more significant to you than the government in most cases, at least those of us who are on private insurance, uh, they're already saying this. You don't get vaccinated. We're not paying your bills. How about a- any more than a normal ailment? How about criminals who are shot in the commission of a crime? Every medical treatment possible is used to save their lives, even if they were in the process of trying to murder a child. Right. If they get hurt, we spend whatever we got to do to keep them alive. How do you argue against that one? That's tough. I'd say. I, I, I guess the part of the argument, especially among libertarians, would they haven't been convicted of a crime yet. So you can't make that a, uh, uh, assumption it. at the hospital. Just when I think I've figured something out. Um, Stupid And then one more, illegals get to show up to our uh, emergency rooms and get free health care all the time. They're not even in this country legal. They aren't even citizens of our country. By the millions. Yeah. I like this note from, uh, we'll just say uh, Aileen Anonymous. If you voted for someone and were harmed by a policy they implemented, hospitals should refuse to treat you. You voted for Biden, he opened the border, and you were stabbed by an illegal immigrant. You should not be treated. You voted for <laughs> Governor Mussolini. His lockdowns caused your children to be suicidal. Sorry. You voted for Obama and were able to get opioids only because of Obamacare. Be careful who you vote for. I, we, I really would like to talk to Tim Sandifer about this. Tim, if you hear this on the podcast or whenever, make your argument. I have a feeling you've got a well-thought-out argument for this. It just seems like such a rabbit hole to go down one thing after another. Of we shouldn't pay for the health care for this, 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 this. You're going to get down to practically nothing. Like I said, when I was at the ER for 24 hours, there were a lot of people. Almost everybody in there was drunk to start with. Mm. <laughs> so well, they're in pain. They took a couple of swigs to take the edge yeah, off. Yeah, I think the swigs came first. Oh, boy. And then the uh, whatever happened, whether it was the fight they got into or the crash or whatever. How'd you break your ankle? Going down the rabbit hole. Of who should get treatment? <laughs> <laughs> and just to get the COVID, this COVID thing off the plate, so we don't have to talk about COVID for a while. To give you an idea Here's where a we nice plate of COVID. <laughs> to mm. give you an idea where where we might be headed, Portugal has got the highest vaccination rate maybe in the entire world. Portugal's got eighty five percent of their total population fully vaccinated right now. Uh, they say everybody over the age of like 50 or something like that, they think 100% vaccinated. Wow. Yet, 
They still haven't reopened nightclubs, lifted the mandatory closing time for bars. They still have mask mandates indoors. All these different things. Can't gather more than this many people. So they're sticking with all those rules when they've got almost every single human being vaccinated. That is so scary. So what message does that send you about vaccinations? We have power. We want to keep power. ain't about vaccinations. You gave us this power. We're keeping it. What does the government get out of benefit out of closing bars early just because they can? You know, I don't know. I don't know enough about Portugal to hazard an intelligent guess, but that is just crazy. Lisbon is one of their big towns. They got straight women, too. What would you say? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know that. Uh, do they prize liberty in Portugal or not? That is absurd to me. Well, it makes me think, I'll bet that happens in the United States, various places. I was saying the other day about my county, I don't think we'll stop wor- stop wearing masks before 2030. I don't understand why, I mean, I think it'll be the same mindset of what they're doing in Portugal. Yeah, yeah everybody's vaccinated, haven't had any COVID around. But let's just, somebody said to me yesterday, and I'm not, I wasn't going to argue with this woman at the bank. We we're kind of talking about this. I always keep my opinions to myself because I got to. I don't know, maybe because I got this show on a Twitter feed. I don't need to get into arguments with people in real life. But she said, well, better safe than sorry. And I thought, that is a freaking numbskull view of the whole thing. Numbnut. All that is required of good men for evil to triumph is their silence, Jack. Way to go. Way to help out evil. Way to go. E-V-I-L. Yay. Nice work. 100% safety. That's better safe than sorry. Just 100% to the last human on Earth. Better safe than sorry. Sure. Whatever. Wow. Just give, me, give me small bills. Just give, me my, give me my check I ask for and let me get out of here. Before you make another stupid decision. Um, not your fault. That's what she's been told. She's probably getting her information from the side that is telling her it's 80 times more deadly than it actually is. So she's you know operating based on the information she has. I've said it a million times. I'll say it one more. The Constitution was written because the Founding Fathers understood most people want to be ruled. They are sheep. And they thought, we're not going to let that happen. And, you know, they did a really good job for about two and a quarter centuries. I like this ongoing conversation, different topic. Mick Jagger walked into a bar in Charlotte, North Carolina, hung out, had a couple of beers, and left the other night. Nobody even noticed it was him. You know, if it was younger people, I could easily see a whole bunch of 21, 22-year-olds not recognizing Mick Jagger. Sure. Um, Plus, there's the phenomenon that sometimes in real life, people you've seen in two dimensions a million times, it's tough to like, is that him? But just in general, the question, if you see Mick Jagger sitting at the bar having a drink, do you say something to him? And if so, what? Text line 415-295-KFTC. That's the question. Joe has settled on something. Maybe he can reveal that to us later. Oh, yes, I've got the line that would make him my friend immediately. I'd say to him, hey, I know you need a drubber. Listen to this. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> huh? Start me up. What do you think? <laughs> I think he'd leave. That's what I think. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Typically, if you're looking to haul something, 
You would put it here in the trunk. One Florida woman, though, thought it would be a good idea to haul her couch up here. Well, kind of. A couch on a car. A couch on the car and in the car. The woman driving this Mini Cooper convertible was caught hauling her cargo in a different and dangerous way. It's a horrible idea. The couch itself is bigger than the Mini Cooper. The video was taken Monday on the Estero Community Bridge. Look closely. You can see the woman holding the couch down with the hand that should be on the steering wheel. Um, that's definitely <laughs> dangerous. What it is to Lieutenant Greg Bueno of the Florida Highway Patrol is a ticket. Here's just some of the things wrong in this picture. It's not properly strapped down. She's holding it with her right arm. It's an obstruction of you. If you're not familiar with Mini Coopers, they're not big cars by any stretch of the imagination. They're kind of like, they're mini. Half the size of yeah. this one. It's simply too large of a, an object to place on top of a Mini Cooper. What the video and pictures don't show is where she's driving. The bridge crosses over busy I-75. If that couch were to come loose for any reason, it puts drivers on the road here and down below in harm's way. I don't even so, know if it could go over the railing, but if it did, that would be crazy. <laughs> that's how tragedies happen, and we've had far too many of those recently in our local community. If troopers catch you hauling your couch like this, you could face a citation. To avoid that, ask yourself this question. Why wouldn't you just get a moving truck like everyone else? No, because it costs money. I'll tell you why, sister. I've, you know how much stuff I've moved in my <laughs> life balancing it on top of a car with one hand? Scofflaw Jack Armstrong here. Now, I wouldn't drive on the freeway because you're going too fast. But I have balanced so many things on top of my car moving them. Don't act like it's cheap to hire a moving van. That's the difference of you and your buddy doing it for free or like if you use the van all weekend spending four figures. So I uh, I'm, I'm I can't, all for I can't it. Uh, I don't accept your lawlessness. I'm all for balancing it on top of my car with one hand trying to hold on to it. Kind of slides off once at an intersection. You got to run out and get it and bring it back and kind of stick it on top of the car. Oh, all done. I know is I just heard a local Emmy being earned. <laughs> that was a hard-hitting report. I oh, yeah. love that uh, reporter using it. This is unsafe. <laughs> this woman was seen. And then the various uh, the the men and women on the street interviews, which are always stupid, uh, but <laughs> trying yeah, I guess it could fall off. I don't know if it could go over the guardrail, but that'd be bad. <laughs> Oh, boy. So that, I just that's beautiful. That's art. I want to hear that again at some point, just how he's got his this is serious voice, and the onlookers are like, eh, it's probably not a good idea, but why are you so worked up? <laughs> Dr. Laura, the radio host who lost her job for dropping in an N-bomb in discussion of the N-bomb, mm-hmm. is selling her home for $20 million. No. Didn't know Dr. Laura lived in a $20 million home. Yeah. Okay, we're taking calls now on your relationship problems. That's our new thing. That's all we're going to do from here on out. Clearly, there's a lot of money in it. Um, here's, your, here's your two big stories today. Quick updates. One, uh, the, the, the left wing of the Democratic Party has come out and said, no way we're voting on the infrastructure bill without the $3.5 trillion human infrastructure bill being voted on first. So the it's, Francification. So bill. it's dead. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. Neither one of them are going to happen. Anytime soon, and the New York Times says there's a chance that neither one of them will ever happen. So I'm happy about that, but that's where we are now. Joe Biden was quoted as saying, For this little slough. <laughs> yes, Joe Biden asked what he thinks of the deal. True international average of pressure. Okay. Hard to argue with because we don't understand. The, the bill? Whose bill? 
The other big is news. Is Bill here? The governor of California has announced at uh, 10 o'clock West Coast time, he'll have a major announcement around schools and safety, and everybody's expecting it to be mandatory vaccines for all kids if they want to go to school. You child. Oh, is that starting a firestorm? But we'll talk about that after it happens. Yeah, that's just crazy. It's, you know, back to the Portugal question. The... What has happened? What What is this momentum, this inertia toward more and more clampdowns, whether they're justified or not and especially when you look at the experiences of various countries various states various counties it doesn't seem to matter an awful lot how they implement their uh, restrictions or whether they do and our other big story is mick jagger went into a bar in charlotte north carolina last night sat down had a couple of beers and left nobody recognized him but the question is if you were in a bar mick jagger sits down has a beer do you say anything to him or not and if so what yes i do i sit down next to him as a Major radio celebrity. I am not as freaked out as some people might be. The key is to be low-key. Say, hey, uh, excuse me, Mick. Sorry to hear about Charlie. Low-key. Okay, I thought it meant Loki, like the time-traveling brother of Thor. Thor. I'm not bringing up low-key. I am in a low-key manner. Gotcha, okay. And say, sorry to hear about Charlie. And then, depending on his response, I mean, if it's cold, if it's like, eh, well, then we're done here. But if he says, that's nice of you to say, blah, 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 I would probably ask him what I've asked on this show. You have more money than God. You're getting on years. Why do you still tour? And um, I have a feeling the answer is Keith Richards will tell you we're players, so we play. It's what I like doing. Several people have texted what they would ask. Mr. McCartney, can I get a picture with you? <laughs> or, hey, Mick, check out this not very well done Rolling Stones logo tattoo on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Armstrong and Getty.